wanted today to bring you in to the wonder of who Jesus is as we worship around him on Christmas. And started thinking about, you know, it's, it's so hard because the world's always working on our frame. We don't see things rightly. We don't value the right things, you know. We don't get struck by the wonder. I was thinking, I look at mold and somebody sees penicillin, you know. Life-saving, changing, amazing, but it doesn't look like much to me. I think of one baby being born and every birth is a wonder, right? But you realize there's like 8 billion people alive on earth right now. If I even started counting, I just want to count to 1 billion. You know, according to the internet, which I googled, it would take me 100 years to count that high. Bradley will check me, I know. He's my checker. 100 years to, to even count to 1 billion. There's 8 billion people alive right now. There's, say, 60 billion people who have ever lived. Why do we celebrate the one? Isn't every birth wonderful? Why this one? And so what I wanted to do was to kind of bring in a bit that this king that we have, this, I kind of, I, I, I get that Jesus was important. And I, I read about the love of Christ and central to my faith. But the birth of Jesus almost just feels like, well, you know, he was a very important person. He was a VIP. And he was a great example. And he was the, ah, the best of the best, you know. And I, I, I start to think of it that way, and I go down some tracks in my own mind, that the Bible doesn't really go down. Instead, instead, we get these amazing images. And one of the best images is right before Jesus' birth, which is about the sunrise. So I, I, I want to invite you, if you have your Bible and want to follow along, we're going to look for a few minutes at Luke chapter 1 and the prophecy that John the Baptist's dad has. His name is Zechariah. And, and he, he was serving in the temple and, and, and you know, famously couldn't talk, but then could, and he, he, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to prophesy. And he prophesied about this baby that was about to be born. And I, again, want to draw you into the, to the wonder of that on this Christmas, a Christmas sunrise. And so it, it starts here in verse 67. And his father, Zechariah, it says, talking John the Baptist, father was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied saying, blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he has visited and redeemed his people. So, so you get this man who is going to speak here and be written down in the Bible just before Jesus is born. And he comes out filled with the Holy Spirit to speak to you and me, written down forever. And he says, how blessed is the Lord God of Israel for he's visited and redeemed his people. That's, that's the story, right? That's this whole amazing scriptures that we love. The whole story about how God formed a people and, and they grew and, and, he, and he delivered them from Egypt and he brought them into the promised land. That, that's what he did. He made Israel. He was more than just their creator. He was their protector, their leader. He went before them in battle in Joshua. He, he did all these amazing things. God chose a people. That's history. Well, I know all that text. Yeah, I get it. 
But even in the midst of this history, you get over and over that they leave him, right? Over and over that mankind everywhere has been against God. Over and over that even in the land that God gave them, we've been through judges, how there's this cycle of they would, oh, they get excited for God and then they would sin and then they, the consequences of their sin would happen and then they would repent and then God would send a savior and he over and over had these cycles where God's people aren't very, it's almost like, it's almost like God, this amazing, perfect God and people humankind, mankind, are oil and water. Have you ever like put water and oil together and tried to mix it? If I stir really fast and really hard, I can get it together for a little while. But then if I let it be for any amount of time, what happens? They separate right out again, right? You're done. And it, it just seems like as you read this book, as you look at the Old Testament, as you walk through God's continual call to can't you just can't you just do the right thing and people's continual like leaving him not being faithful not being obedient nothing that you get this I'm going to call it darkness it can't ever be resolved it's 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 this tension that's everywhere And so when you really start to read the Old Testament and you really start saying, this is the center of our faith, what you start talking about is is this story of darkness where people are just like horrible. I mean, we don't read a lot of it, you know. I'd invite you to read Kings sometime. uh, You'll read about four chapters of it and fall asleep, maybe. But over and over, it's these kings that are evil. People are evil. They do terrible things. Like this guy named Manasseh that made the, the streets of Jerusalem run red with blood. Over and over, these horrible things. And so the story of mankind is not the story of us generally getting closer to God. It's a story of darkness. It's a story of, of failure. It's a story of wrongness. It's even God's people, they're just like out there. That's why Christmas is so important. Because even in the midst of those stories, there were these little glimmers of light. These rays of sunshine that are in the Old Testament and, and they kind of surprise you, but they happen and they happen a lot. But, but the, in this story of darkness, you get all of a sudden, poof, and Zechariah standing up and prophesying felt the Holy Spirit. He sees some of them and pulls them. Let me show you. Look what he says. He says, he says, oh, Lord, you've visited and redeemed your people. And then there in verse 69, says, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. Oh, we know David. Initially, I think, yeah, David, you know, the little shepherd boy who, 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 who was called and he killed Goliath with a sling and Goliath is huge and big and David's little and small and woohoo, like underdog story. But that's not what Zechariah's talking about. Zechariah's talking about how God appeared to David and said, you know, I promise you, David, that there's going to be a king forever on the throne from your line. Super important that both Joseph and Mary appear to be from the line of David. And so Jesus is of the line of David. He's the forever king, the Davidic king. 
So when, when you see this in 2 Samuel, way back in the Old Testament, where God says to David, He, your son, your seed shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Well, there's a ray of light. People and God's going to be for them. Just an unconditional promise, right? Zechariah pulls it in. I mean, David's like, oh, what more can David say to you? You know your servant, O Lord, because of your promise. According to your heart, you've brought about all this greatness to make your servant know it. He's like saying, I'm floored. He's getting the frame right. We're not so floored, of course. Yeah, Davidic king, whatever. But David's like, no, this is the most amazing thing you could ever have. God with an unconditional promise. It's a ray of light. Zechariah doesn't stop there. Not just rays. He's got a little. He's got a little filtered sun. <laughs> you guys, have you ever? I didn't know this word till I moved to Washington. Filtered sun. You guys get to hear about in the on the radio. It's like I always heard because I was from Southern California, Hawaii. It's like there's just sun and rain, but in Washington there's filtered sun. That means it's just a little bit of sun through the clouds, and and the Old Testament has that too, right? And Zechariah is pulling it in. Look what he says, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets of old. He's referring to the Old Testament still. He's saying, oh, these these little bit of sunshine coming through that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. What is he talking about? He's talking about in the Psalms when David's writing and in Isaiah, these places where where it's actually promises and and God says, I'm going to deliver you. Let me give you a couple. Here's Psalm 138 verse 7 it says though i walk in the midst of trouble you will revive me you stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies your right hand delivers me that's a promise looking forward david says where you're going to deliver god you haven't done it all the time now but it's coming Or here in Isaiah, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. The idea is God coming and saving from enemies. And it's this promise, this sort of like filtered sun. You know, it's, you can't see clearly what it's going to be. You just know it's coming. This, this world's not good and it's dark. And my hope is that there's God out there and and, and he's going to rescue me. There's that. He had a few times, Davidic one is one of them even, that the, the sun seems to break through a bit stronger. In Washington, we call those sun breaks. Again, I never knew that before I moved here. <laughs> a sun break is when it's normally dark, but then all of a sudden there's a little light for a little while, and then it goes away again, and I guess that happens a lot here now. Again, look at Zechariah. He says this. He says, To show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. Okay, again, I, I can't, I wish I could make this alive for you. This is amazing. Here's Zechariah, and he's standing up and, and, and filled with the Holy Spirit, and he speaks out, and he pulls in these little bits of light from the Old Testament. One of them is about Abraham. I mean, Father Abraham, he's famously right that God just called him out of nowhere. He was Abram. He was somebody they didn't, 
know anything about Abram of Ur. And God says, hey, leave your country and come to a place that you don't even know. And, and he did. And, and God made these promises to him. Here they are. Genesis chapter 12. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so you will be a blessing. That's something God's going to do. Abraham can't do it. He, he's not able to. Well, I'm going to work really hard and have a lot of kids and slowly build up and I'm going to become a great nation. No, that's not the idea. The idea is you live in darkness. You're oil and water. God doesn't have anything really to do with you. And here he is pushing in and saying, I'm going to bless you. I will establish my covenant with you, Genesis 17 says. Between me and you and your offspring out you throughout generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your offspring after you. The reason why this is so amazing is it says nothing about how incredibly disobedient and dark the offspring are going to be. It's just God saying, I'm going to accomplish what I want. God does this. Look, I will be your God eternally, the God who made us, who we've continually rebelled against, is remembering us right now as we sit in the shadows. Zechariah says, Amazing. What's it going to be? And, and, and what I'm trying to set up for us is this idea that the Old Testament details the darkness of mankind. Not taking time to prove that to you, so much as telling you. With these glimmers of light, these small sunbreaks, these little uh, filtered sun, the idea that something's coming. That, and what, what, what is that? What would it mean for you and me to not live in darkness? So I don't live in darkness, I live in the light. Do you? If so, what does it mean? Here's what Zechariah thinks it means. That I will... No, that's, the, that's the wrong. This is what it is. That we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Again, I'm, I'm making you a slow walk this because I just feel like each word is pregnant with meaning as we consider Christmas. Is Zechariah is saying, this is my prophecy. I've, I'm pulling in the sun breaks and the rays of sun. And what it's going to mean when the sun comes is that we actually are delivered. Delivered from who? Those who hate us. Who, who is that, Dax? They're principalities and powers you don't even know. And more than that, you get to serve God in holiness and righteousness before him all your days. What is that? Because I know there's the problem. I'm not like that. I'm not righteous. I'm not holy in myself and all of the things I try and do. And, and that's the tale, right? People living in a great darkness because they keep trying to be righteous. And they aren't. We think people are holy and they're not holy. That happens. And, and, and again, I, don't, I can't be in your own life, but look at your life, would you? And think of your life just in itself without the blood of Christ over you. As it stands right now, as a Christian even, 
You're righteous. You're holy. And if I was judging you on you, the answer would be no way. You're as dark and evil and unholy and unrighteous as anyone else in the world. This is the state of darkness in which Zechariah says, but the light is coming and it's this. Look what you'll get to do. Amazing. All that's gone before, as glorious as it was of God's actions, it's, it's, it's a little bit like looking for rays of sun. It's, it's a little bit like, yeah, there's something there, but I don't understand it. It's a little bit like, yeah, boy, there's something really amazing coming, but I, I, I don't really see it. And then the dawn starts. That's what he's walking us to, you know. Oh, look what it might be to be out of that darkness. But here's the dawn. What's the dawn? And you, child, now he's talking to his kid, John the Baptist. And you, child, will be called prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. That, that's, that's pretty amazing. It's the most amazing news you'll ever have, right? Again, I want to pull us through. This is, this is finding penicillin when you're just, looking, oh yeah, John's a prophet. He's just, no, he's the greatest prophet ever born to, to women. That's Matthew 11. Jesus himself saying in Matthew 11, 11 says, truly I say to you, among those born of women, there's arisen no one greater than John the Baptist, yet one who's least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Why? Because look at what he's pointing to. He says to give knowledge of his salvation to his people. This is not the sunrise. This is the beginning, the dawn. What? In the forgiveness of their sins. Boy, we talk about forgiveness all the time. Have you ever tried to forgive somebody? Someone who's really hurt you, your spouse? And tried to just say, I just forgive. And to think that all the ways in which you do wrong all the time and and all of your sins are going to be forgiven. All of a sudden you're talking about, oh, there's something massive here. There's something really big that John the Baptist, the greatest of the prophets, is pointing to as he, as he says, hey, you don't have what you need. You need to repent. And he spoke a message of repentance and he would have people come and get baptized because they were sinners in the, in the river there. And, and, and there they were. But then Zechariah says this. Nah. <laughs> he actually points to the son. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby, here it is, the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The sunrise shall visit us all of a sudden, we're in darkness. We've been in darkness from the get-go, from, from, from Adam and, and all these little bits of sun that we've gotten to see and all these, this darkness that we've been in of our own demise. And, and, and here we are, and all of a sudden, here comes the sun. Again, you're going to say, I, I get it. He's just using poetic. No, can, can, you think, can you think of the wonder of the sun for a minute with me? 
If I took a candle, a candle's the same sort of energy source as the sun. It's fire, it's flame, it's, 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 it's energy from burning. And I took one candle. How many candles do I need to equal the, the, the brightness of the sun? 3.8 billion. If I get 3.8 billion, that's a mass that's like 10 times the size of Earth. So, well, Dax, you're just playing with numbers. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's mind-boggling. The idea that the sun, but the sun rises every day, it just gives me light. It's like comes out and it's a little bright, and sometimes when it's winter, it's not as bright as when it's summer. And, and you know, if I stay outside, I get burned a little, but I, I wear some sunscreen and it's okay. No, no, no. Wait. The sun is rising. The thing that gives you light is here. It's, it's not the birth of one of eight billion babies this year. It, it, it's not the, the, the wonder alone of those things that are still miraculous and cool. This is the thing. This is the sun. And, and as it rises, we who have always lived in darkness, all of a sudden we get light. It all comes down right here in this baby born. Because when God became a human being, all of a sudden oil and water are together by the power of God and, and then the holiness of God and the righteousness of God in a person that's never been holy, never been righteous in any other instance. Not in any real way. Maybe looking forward to this. And this amazing child will grow in wisdom and stature. He will, he, he, he will be our Savior and King forever, of the line of David, of Abraham. And there he is, and he's going to the cross for you and me so that we're forgiven forever. Oh, this is why Christmas is so amazing. I got it wrong, by the way, according to my notes. It's not a billion. The brightness of the sun is three octillion candles. Have you ever heard of the word octillion? I haven't. It's one followed by 27 zeros. You say, well, that's just a really, really big number. Yeah, really, really. It's, it's a billion, billion, billion. It's a thousand trillion, trillion. So, so when I say, you know what? There's a billion. That's no longer very meaningful because there are billionaires on earth. When I say a trillion, that's like, oh, now we're talking about our national debt. But when I talk about a billion, 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 now we're talking a real number. We're talking about mind-blowingly bright. So much so that you'd be burned away. And Zechariah prophesying with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who knows all things, and having Zechariah say, you do know this is the sunrise. Oh, the most amazing thing ever. Jesus is this Savior, the sunrise from on high, come to be with us, and he burns away every other source of righteousness and holiness, and he simply is, and we bask in his light. And this amazing, burning, holy righteousness is for us. What do you mean it's for us? That's, that's what the Bible says, right? Here's Galatians. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. What I love about those two verses is there's a so that in it. God 
did this. The father did. He sent Jesus, his son. And he, he, he's born under the law and he's born to all these, these, these descriptive phrases. But then the so that is the purpose clause, right? This is why. So that we say, well, I don't like sons. I'm a daughter. Yeah, it means sons and daughters. Look what we get. The brightness of the sun is we're no longer in the darkness. That we can be in the presence of a holy God that the veil has been torn, that all the images of the Bible are true, but it all revolves around this action of God on our behalf. He came on Christmas morning. I want you to see one other thing about this verse is not just the purpose clause, but there's something we're doing. What is it? Receiving. It's why Christmas is a gift. It's why we give gifts on Christmas is to receive the receiving part. It's that Jesus came and we receive him. We receive adoption as sons. To all who will receive him, he gives this amazing, wondrous son and daughter of God status, ability, reality, and it's a gift. The son has come. Will you not turn away and hide in the darkness? But will you see the wonder of the gift? These are the words of Jesus himself in Mark chapter 1, in verse 15. Jesus says, Jesus came into Galilee. He was proclaiming the good news of God. That's the Son has come. And he said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is not a, oh, clean yourself up so that you're ready to get the sunshine. This is the Son is here. Look at it. Like in John 3, where it says, look at the serpent and live. It's people who are plagued and, and dying and in the darkness. And you look at the serpent raised up. You look at Jesus. You receive the gift. The repenting is, oh, I'd like to be in the sunshine. Ah, this is something that's a gift for me. I can't get there on my own. My life is such a mess. But you know what's happened? The sun has come. The actual sunrise. It's no longer little pieces of filtered sun through the clouds. It's no longer sun breaks where you get a few seconds and then it's gone again. This is the actual full rising of the sun. Jesus Christ came. He came as a babe. He came for you and me. I can't hardly believe it. And I try and work around it. And you try and bring you in to every pregnant word that's said there by Zechariah as he's preparing the way for the actual birth of Jesus Christ, who is our sunrise. He's for you. He's for you today. Can you believe it? It's amazing. Thanks for being here on Christmas. Because this is the day that we celebrate that the sun actually rose. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the wonder of this prophecy by Zechariah. Thank you more that it's been fulfilled. Thank you for coming to earth for us, Lord Jesus. Oh, we don't deserve you. And Lord Jesus, I just, with us all gathered, Lord, please forgive my lack of wonder, my lack of just amazement every moment every breath at the wonder of what you've done for us that we walk in the light of your sunrise of your coming for us of your making us righteous and holy by your action your deeds on the cross your gift for us 
Thank you for coming for us. Thank you for coming as a babe. We do worship you this Christmas in your precious name.